guys made anyway? Uh, an app. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> comic, comics what? mingles. That's. <laughs> I wish. Uh, no, we met at my buddy's like last year. We've known each other for like a year now. Yeah. My buddy's bedroom. There you go. But um. Oh yeah. All right, someone's calling me now. Eunice is calling me now. Tell him I said happy Ramadan. You know, some on a podcast, bro. It's getting fire in here. What'd you say? Are you doing the Mike Knight podcast? Yes, I'm doing the oh, Mike Knight. I like that. Shout out. But for someone, for someone that I told him on a podcast, I'll call Is you back. Like, yeah. You're talking a lot, bro. <laughs> said, for, for you saying that you're in the middle of something, he is talking. Is he Jason warning us right now? <laughs> is he in another, is he Listen, another man, building? I'm gonna, I love you, brother. I'm going to call you back real soon. <laughs> I will, man. I will. Peace. <laughs> yeah, you, bro. I'll take, a I'll take a fucking hug. There you go, man. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy. So, I'm pretty excited. I'm, st- I'm stoked, man. We've been trying to make this happen for a while. Oh, not about we this. Oh. I was talking about right, wow. enough, so you're out of this segment. Um, this green screen. We can make you whoever the fuck we want to. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> I've been trying to get you guys on. This is So, I, every time I book the group, I just get one of you guys. So... <laughs> <laughs> This is like Voltron, one line at a time. Well, hell yeah, man. Mike, 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 I'm just so happy to be here right now. Um, so cool. We are back once again with another episode of the Real Rap Podcast. This is episode 15, I believe. Two very special, important guests. This week on the panel, to my right, I have the one and only Zade. Uh, Zade, if you wouldn't mind letting the people know how long you've been in the game, uh, where you're from, and what you got going on, sir. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been in the Chicago comedy scene for about a year now. Originally okay. from Dayton, Ohio. Um, I did a lot of sketch comedy when I was in school in Indiana. So then when I came out to to Chicago, I said, you know what, let's let's try the stand up thing. How did you make your way from Ohio to Indiana? Man, I just keep trying to leave. Like I thought, you know, <laughs> <laughs> keep trying to leave I'm the Midwest. Keep trying to leave, man. Uh, no, I got in. That was like the big thing. Was yeah. I got in, uh, and then you know I wanted to try something new. I wanted to go somewhere where I didn't know anybody. So Indiana was that. And then it was the same thing with Chicago. I just wanted to get kind of that next chance, that next level of, um, you know, diving headfirst in a new experience, a new community. Uh, how long have you been in the comedy game now? I've been pursuing stand-up in Chicago for about a year. But the first time I touched the mic, uh, I was 18. So going on almost seven years since I touched the mic for the first time. Oh, my God. Speaking of young whippersnappers to my left, hey, I have the one and only Josh Ocean Thomas. All right. Man of many talents. If you wouldn't mind letting the people know uh, what you got going on, how long you been in the city, how long you been in the game, sir? All right, people. I, uh, uh-huh. I've been in the city since my freshman year of college. That started in 2020. Um, tw- 20, yeah, 2019 was my first year of school. Incredible. And uh, I was only here for about five months. COVID happened. Went back home for about a year. Did um, Just hung out. Back like home being in San Diego by back, the beach. San Diego, the beach life. Hell yeah. Um, and then I came back, and when I came back, that's when I started in the Chicago comedy scene, and that's been 13 months. Exactly, hey. actually. This is my 13th month um, in the Chicago comedy scene. But uh, I've been doing comedy like a long time. I, I When I was yeah. starting at about maybe 10, I there was this place in San Diego called Raphael's Party Rentals. 
and I used to beg my parents for their credit card information so I could rent 40 white plastic chairs. And then I would sell tickets to my living room. I would go door to door with like raffle tickets and be like, you want a ticket to my comedy show? Would they come? And they would all come, sold out. And I did it like uh, like every two or three weeks until I was 10, until I was like, 16 or 17. Who instilled that like entrepreneurial like did did that just come out of nowhere or did somebody say hey well, figure out a way to make money early? Oh no, no, no. My mom is a workaholic. So my mom she is from uh Ten- Oh shit. Um it's sorry dirty. about that. Okay. Break the set, bro. <laughs> um no, my mom she's a she's Tunisian Eight. and she moved to this country when she was 18, I think, 17, 18. Um she moved to the states. And she was like, um, no, later in life. I'm not, I think I'm getting my timelines wrong. Mm. But she was like a model. She worked really hard. And then she came to America and opened a business by herself with, with my dad. But like, she was like the head of the business and, um, it was her little project. Uh, she came to America with a little bit of cash and she's, as of yesterday, she's been running that business seven days a week. She works every, every single day, like all year, uh, for 30 years. Yeah, and she's had four, like four or five employees at different times throughout the whole thing. She's always worked by herself. That's incredible. It's insane. That's like a very Arab. Story, yeah, very man. Arabic. Very yeah, Arab very, very like. Do, yeah, man. very. Yeah, it I was really. Stop. It's so, amazing. So she was always like, "You make money or you're not here. <laughs> you know, make your own life." <laughs> I'm sure that's. I've never met his mom, but I, I bet a million dollars is spot on. <laughs> man, that's enough. So she just she just uh, uh, instilled that like hustle mentality in oh, yeah. early on. Was was there any like like read like rich dad poor dad or like forty eight laws of power or this exercise that exercise or anything like that? No, it was just kind of like my mom never was like you need to work hard. She just worked hard, and I mm. like saw that. And I think that was more influential than her being like work harder. Nothing's gonna happen for you. She was mm. like, look what happened for me. I worked hard and then she was successful. And then my dad was just like, she was always like working every day. So she wasn't like as involved in it. Mm. But my dad was like, let's go set, let's set this show up. How do we want the show okay. to run? Like yeah. my dad was like the support system and my mom was like the inspiration. If that makes got sense. Got you, got you. Okay. Was that a, a similar background for you? Um, like, did you have somebody in your family that was like inspiring hustle? Because you're one part of the uh, uh, Terminal Five guys that's yes, out here selling out shows uh, um, and and continually upgrading uh, uh, your venues. And I mean, it's taken off. And and, and hand claps and praise for you. Thank was you. was that the same? Who instilled that that hustle mentality into you? Yeah, similarly, it was it was actually my dad. So you know, my dad's a doctor, and he came over from Syria. Uh, mm. In like the 1980s, and he has like seven brothers and sisters. He was the only one to make it out of Syria mm. and come, come to Ohio by himself, um, which is kind of why like I also wanted to go out to new communities. And I know like the jump from Syria to America is different than Ohio to Indiana, but still, <laughs> you know, like, not I'm, by much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, man, it, it was it was really in a similar way. You know, he okay. he was always just working. He always just put his head down and and. Um, and I was able to see how successful he was. It, it didn't matter how late he had to stay, no matter what it was. He wanted to build something for himself and build something for his family. So, mm. you know, for me, it was always seeing the fact that he came to this country with almost nothing and everything he built for himself. Um, you know, who am I to not apply that same effort, that same, you know, drive to everything I do? 
So when he's building up his empire, breaking fingernails, working fingers to the bone and whatnot, and you walk in and go, I'm going to tell jokes. <laughs> he wasn't on board. Jokey, jokey. Yeah, he, he was knock knock. <laughs> Who's there? <laughs> Your son's a comedian. <laughs> Man, especially like the conservative Arab community. I mean, that was not something people smiled Ooh, on at all. Of course Man. not. And he he didn't come around for a while. He it was it was tough for him because mm. you know I was the only kid out of out of my my two other siblings to like leave the state for, to go to college so ah, okay. for me it was like i went home and then the first thing i did when i got on campus was join a comedy group and i remember that phone call mm. he was like what are you what are you oh, doing yeah. i'm paying so much money for <laughs> That's you not a good luck. to go learn business you're gonna join a comedy group oh, like no. he couldn't believe it um but i think what really changed his mind man was like when he saw me perform when ah, he saw okay. me perform and he saw how much I loved it, and especially in stand-up, I always talk about where I'm from and who I am, and that, that starts. Very with, honest on stage, you are. Yeah, and I think for me that's important for me because I want to be authentic. I want I want to share. I want the audience to walk away feeling like they learned something about me, like they, mm. they got something, a piece of me they can take away with them, right? Sure. Um, and so I think for him, he saw how proud I was to talk about my heritage and my religion and my culture on stage. And he, I think he saw the vision. There was never a conversation where he was like, oh, I get it now. It was just a complete change in temperament from, hey, how's school going? How's school going? How's school going? To, hey, when's your next show? Hey, I heard you had a rehearsal at this oh, time. Uh, okay. Hey, That's you nice. know, uh, what are some jokes you've been working on? Or, hey, I was showing people at work your jokes and they love it. When are you doing a show in Dayton? Wow, Let's make a show. Okay. So I think what's funny is like, I tell my dad I'm going into stand up and he's very, you know, apprehensive. And then fast forward a few years later, right? 18, I joined Comedy Group, he's apprehensive. Fast forward like seven years later, my dad is spearheading, helping me put on a show back in Ohio. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So you, you said he got more supportive like once he saw you perform? Yeah. That's cool. So like, I think he need to make sure, I, I think he just wanted to make sure I was good. Like, yeah. He yeah, knows yeah, how yeah. many untalented people try to do it. So we got like He would heckle you if you bombed. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> You're my least favorite son. <laughs> You're never going to be successful. You're never, never, never going to happen. Never going to happen. I actually, um, uh, I'm not sure how old you are, but you actually invited me out to your birthday party, um, which I, I, I truly appreciate, right? Yeah. And it was your your 21st birthday. When I realized you were actually just turning 21, it made me sick to my stomach. I couldn't believe how young you were and in how much success <laughs> you're seeing in the game. It turned my stomach. But actually, when I stopped to think about it, right, there's something I actually do in a few of my shows, depending on the audience, is... I'll ask the audience, like, is everybody here from the 1900s? And typically, m most of the people are, but you're not. No. That's 2001. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. It wasn't even, that's a whole different time frame that you're from. And I, I actually, I was taking it because I think you were probably born during, like, Bush, right? And then yeah. by the time your brain was even registering stuff, it was Obama, Trump. Exactly. And then this guy. Yeah, Obama was like the first one I remember, really. That's you grew you grew up in a country where Obama was president right out the gate. That's basically, lucky, man. Yeah. that's lucky. Yeah, because I I was yeah because when I was young, two thousand one was a big year. <laughs> Why? Well, <laughs> Why? was it was that historic for some reason? Well, no, no, I gotta I, check I was, my Google's. Yeah, I was I was born March thirteenth, two thousand one, mm. and then. I was six months old when 9-11 happened. Mm. My first words were on 
Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> my, my first words they were, uh, "Ooh, that is <laughs> not good." Get out of here! The geo. were a whole sentence. The geopolitical <laughs> aspects of this world has just been altered forever, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That's what I said to my family. The implications. <laughs> I was a talker. <laughs> for many years. Bush did this for sure. <laughs> this was like an inside joke. This. Uh, this Man, so like when I was when I was born, so I was born back in the eighties, right? And I can when I think back to the years prior to me being born, it was like, all right, the seventies, the sixties, you know, you got like civil rights era stuff happening, um, free love, hippie movements, and all that other good stuff. I'm like, wow, that seems like an interesting time, but so boring. Like there was there wasn't a whole lot to do outside of just actually what was happening in American culture, like that transcendent time frame, right? And then when I was growing up, it was like when cell phones were just actually starting to pop off, internet was just starting to get cool. Like when you think back to the time before you were, because I'm actually interested what it's like to grow up where these are taken for granted, they already have full-blown access to everything, you know what I mean, streaming. Well, that actually, so I got a little lucky because I got like the, like before the iPhones. Like Mm. I remember very clearly when I was a kid, it was like, the hot having like one of those flip things with like the keyboard, yeah, with, with with the keyboard that was huge. Dude, and then my mom got the my mom got the BlackBerry with the ball in the middle, and I was I, like, "What I the just fuck? gave up my BlackBerry. Oh my god, what's happening?" <laughs> and then uh, then I went to school and the big computers, and then everything just started getting smaller, mm. and then it started getting bigger, <laughs> and everything's larger now. But um, yeah. no, I I was like. I got I was I think I was the last generation that got to witness both. So I got I grew mm. up my early years were like early technology and then I started seeing like I remember when Instagram came out. I remember when YouTube came out and I was mm. like, "Ooh, this is cool." Like we had to do the red button like the Netflix where like they deliver a CD. Yeah. And then 2 weeks later you'd give it back and then they'd bring you another one. Did you ever do Blockbuster? Or did you yeah, Blockbuster was right by my house. Redbox, yeah. all that stuff. So yeah. like, I, I got the, I got a second of it. Right. So when you're in school at that age, and like like you said, Twitter's coming online, YouTube's just starting out, um, uh, Instagram and everything like that. Are they teaching this in school? No. No, it's a free for all. Absolutely. No, 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 no. They were just like, oh wow, all right, we got a lot of technology now. No, they. Yeah, I mean, enjoy it. <laughs> They were still teaching us abstinence and sex ed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were getting a whole different education on the internet too because we had this access to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm 25, so I'm not that. No, not we're not that far apart. Um, but yeah, man, it, it was it was just a free for all. No, nobody nobody mm. knew what they were. No doing. one knew about it. I remember in high school, it kind of like that's when people started getting like the grip. Like, oh, we kind of get it now. Like that's when like yeah. trends started happening. I feel like. See, I was in college when that hit. Cause oh yeah. I'm, I was a junior in high school when I got a Snapchat. Yeah, the, uh, the Snapchat okay. came out. Yeah, that was I big. Remember, I remember just seeing people do crazy faces for like half a second in class and then go back. And I was like, "What? What are you doing? What are you and doing?" Like, oh, it's this thing called Snapchat. Vine was big. You remember Vine? Vine was huge. Now you can only you can only you know really recognize the times that you're a part of, right? And bullying is a steady constant through every aspect of life in any culture on any place of the planet right but there i've heard it be made like a big deal like these days bullying is different like if you back when i was growing up i mean i remember guys that got beat up or whatever and that's just a memory that i have and some people that i grew up with have and we can giggle about it and tell a story but these days you can get (laughs) eight million hits 
off of getting hit, right? Yeah. And you you go to sleep, you wake up, you're viral, and you got a knot on your head and your eye black. Like, is there? But that's the only thing that you guys really grew up with, right? Is 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 there a difference that you think? Is it harder now with everything being recorded? I I think bullying is a necessity. Oh, okay. Hey, you gotta be a bull. You gotta get everyone's got a pecking you order. Get what are you, we're all gonna be nice to you each other? Get, what is this? Yeah, what the hell? That's how. That's why we have the the kids we have now. I feel like like the next the one right behind me, like the guy is right behind me. <laughs> oh God, they're fuck. Bunch of bitches. I swear to God. It's like, I, couldn't, I can't believe it. I love that every generation feels like that about the generation. Oh, my up God. I, I agree. I feel like they my generation, been, yeah, I hate us. Bullied and not eating <laughs> Tide Pods. Like that, oh, my God. I could God. not believe. I can't bro, I believe. I could not believe that yeah. that was a thing. I mean, I th- I'm, I'm lucky that, like, trends weren't a thing when I was in high school. Um, But with with the people who, who do all that complaining these days, the internet gives everybody access to a voice. Mm-hmm. And as long as they say something catchy... Or whatever, then anybody else can pile on it, like it, subscribe it. It starts doing numbers, and it's just like any one of us. If if we have, if we have videos or anything going viral, and we're getting a lot of spins, and that's power in the industry. People have to pay attention to it. So when when these people who are coming from that other aspect of society, I don't like those words that you use. It's like uh, well, you don't they get a lot think, of likes. I, I think a big issue for me that I noticed with with. The generations coming up is that mm. just because you have access to tweet something or post something it makes mm. you feel like everything you have to say matters no. and it doesn't right mm-hmm. and and not only that is like you can say it and you can say it behind like a an avatar you can say it behind mm. a closed doors a lot of these things you wouldn't say to people's faces i think for us growing up we had the opportunities like if i said some some wrong things to someone's face i got hit Right. There was a oh, I yeah. learned all oh, right, yeah. I gotta be smart about how I say things. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. now it's you can just go out there, say whatever you want, and you might get a little bit of hate, but you you know mm, Exactly. But you feel like your voice matters almost too much, I think. Well what I wonder about to your point, right? So I think we're in about what the second month of the Ukraine, Russia, um yeah. uh, are we calling it a war? Are we calling it they're still calling it a military there. exercise in, in Russia or whatnot, right? But I mean, that's a communist country. As far as I know, I've, I, I've never lived there. But as far as I know, I don't think they're getting full-blown news coverage, right? <laughs> I don't think they have a, a non-biased Russian Rogan over there just kicking it, you know, waxing poetic on a podcast, telling them how he sees it or whatever, right? So they may not in particular be getting these other voices that we are going, oh, shut the fuck up, All right? Yeah. Or just any voices, all voices, people saying for and against, however you feel about any about any topic. So as much as I, I don't like these voices, I feel they're almost necessary, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the same time, though. <laughs> they're so depressing. <laughs> well, at the same time, I just wish, like, like you were saying earlier, I just wish people understood that their voice does not matter. Not always. Not at all. Never. If you, if you know something about a topic <laughs> or if you have a point about something or you Who have a cares? perspective that matters, like, I guess. But, like, even then, like, I haven't tweeted in six months, seven yeah. months. Because like, you no, you're having a good life. There's nothing to say. Nobody ever talks about things going good. Yeah. Never. I've had a cell phone since cell phones came out. And I, in the beginning, you would drop calls. You would drop the same... 30-minute phone call, you would have 12 drops in the middle of it. I have to keep calling them back. Yeah. I haven't dropped a call in eight years straight. I have never once called my cell phone company and said, guys, this is this is borderline magic. I don't know how you're doing it. Right. 
Sound quality is amazing. <laughs> this video you guys footage. You killing it in the cell phone Across game. the world, I can talk to somebody. You, this, is, this is amazing. If I drop two calls today, <laughs> <laughs> you sons of bitches. Good luck. Who <laughs> made this shit? Give me the next bro, three months for free. It doesn't matter that the record is three million and two, bro. You're being like, I like expect it. undefeated <laughs> results. You understand me? You better be the Floyd Mayweather of goddamn phone call. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I feel like we're desensitized to like everything now. Like I'll be scrolling and I'll be like, "Oh, oh, that looks like it hurt. What is it? A guy just got shot in the chest. Interesting." And you just go by. You're just, just like, keep moving. "Why did I just see that?" <laughs> like we've seen so much with this online digital media. Okay. You know what? That 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 I'm is crazy so that you mentioned it. That that you're. All right, so it does desensitize something in you, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you've ever seen somebody shot in real life. That shit's sensitive. No, I've I've never seen that, and I I don't think I would. <laughs> I think I'd be. I've shocked. seen it a million. I haven't seen it too many times in real life, but I have. But I've seen it a million times on on my phone, and there's a very big difference to it. So like when actual real life does happen in front of you, you know, I still like uh, uh I like like UFC events, or I'll just be out and about, and people people will get into a fight, and there's still that excitement going yeah. on, and that's not duplicated in 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 a phone, right? right? Or whenever this metaverse thing comes out, it's going to stimulate certain parts of your brain. But what still happens in real life is it's different. That tactile experience, right? Yeah. I mean, I even struggle to watch UFC a little bit because even then it's it's so real, dude. It's like mm. it's, it's brutal like that. Even But but then like you see a bunch of fighting videos online and stuff like that. And yeah, swipe, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, can we dive in? Like, what is the meta? What is this metaverse thing? I'm doing oh everything God, I can to stay away from it. But I know, like, people are opening up comedy clubs in the metaverse. I'm like, mate, people are talking about it. What do, what do you know virtual about virtual world? It's just basically another word. It's a copy of the world, but virtual. It's you can own space. I love that he's talking to me like I'm his auntie. Like, <laughs> look at him. Exactly. He was on his phone too. He's like, yeah. it's just another like world. Yeah. I just had, had this conversation last night with my dad. I just don't know what's the metaverse, son. <laughs> I just try to stay away from that. I don't. It's not. It doesn't feel it's healthy. Not. It's not. Mm. It, they're just trying to make the internet a bigger deal. They're trying to make it like, oh, you have your life in real life, and then you have your mm. metaverse life, which is your online life. Which mm. is, so if you don't think that your life is already too much on the internet. Like, you can put more on. You can own a house. Like you feel like you can get a second. You feel like you can get a second chance. I don't know what it is. Like mm. you failed at life the first time. You get second life. You get your online life. Like well, I just want to buy a real house. I don't need a metaverse house. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Some of that stuff's expensive too, right? You yeah. Can, you, you, oh like yeah. You can hundreds like of thousands. Hundred thousand dollar metaverse house. You can buy. You can be employees. You can be. You can be an employee in the. So metaverse. you can work a nine to five just so you can get online and work mm. another nine to five. Exactly. That's incredible. So you the can, question is: Is it the is it the not the new thing, but is it that next thing? Like I if, hope not. If you could have caught on to Bitcoin back when it was point zero zero two five cents, you'd be looking pretty good right now. Yeah, I mean, I know it, they are treating it like its own cryptocurrency. Like you can buy land now and then sell it later and all this stuff. But I mean, here's I'm not I'm not in the tax bracket where any of this applies yeah. to me. I don't know the whole Bitcoin thing. It was literally just a stream. Of lucky idiots. Literally, mm. That's all it was. There's a bunch of people like, oh, there's an online coin and it's going to do really well because it, yeah. it doesn't exist and it relies on nothing. I'm going to buy 10 of them because it's only going to cost me a dollar. That was everyone. Now, now they're millionaires making And the then now they're millionaires. Yeah, they, yeah. It was just lucky. You know what I mean? But then, like, I don't know. 
You, I don't know. I don't. That whole, took off though. It did. It did take off. Like now it's like an actual thing. But it's like those taking those kind of chances isn't mm. like in a, no way no one ever predicted that. Well, we see the we see the su- success stories, right? You see people with Dogecoin mm. and all this stuff. Exactly. Like, but then you don't realize there's a line of people that. Lost a lot of money. A lot of money, exactly. Mm. Think about it when like Ethereum hit the all-time high or whatever. People were still buying. <laughs> I made a lot of money off that people, GameStop thing. People were still oh, buying like Ethereum that. when it hit an all-time high. It got destroyed. Someone, my mom was like at work one day and someone was like, you should buy GameStop. It's uh, going crazy. For two days, maybe it goes crazy. And I was like, all right, fuck it. So I put like two hundred dollars in GameStop just to see what would happen, and like two days later, it was like eighteen hundred dollars, and I like pulled out immediately, and I was like, I won! Like, That's amazing. I won! I'm a trader. I'm, I'm a stock. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a genius. I'm a genius. I, I love I love the audacity people have these days to give you investment advice. Like before, you have to oh, go. Yeah. You used to have to go to like a, a professional sit down, and now I got my Arab barber just being like, oh, this yeah, Viagra, Viagra for women. Like it's like exactly, it's exactly. vagina cleaner. Right now it is zero point zero zero three cents. It go big. It's Everyone going to go crazy. I'm like, bro, just hit the fade and get me out of here bro like everyone's a professional everyone's like yeah yeah you should invest in this this and then they turn around and get into their prius and yeah, like, you're like, not man, a professional uh, you're you poor. didn't make it bro stop <laughs> you made 11 dollars yesterday uh, for doing nothing and you think that's an accomplishment oh who do you get who's the most interesting person you've gotten comedy advice from do you ever have anybody to say hey try this joke no, I mean, oh, I, I perform a lot at, like, different cultural events and things like that. And so my favorite thing in the world is when, like, the, you know, Arab uncle of the audience comes up to me and goes, this happened to me. I, I did a show in Tampa at USF, and there was one old guy in the audience just came up and he's like, I have an idea for your jokes. <laughs> I was like, all right, do it. And, and he, I mean, he gave me this this joke that he wrote. Uh, it's not even worth repeating. Like, I don't even, yeah, yeah. I didn't follow, but, but. I love it when that happens. I love the the casual viewer being like, mm. "I have a joke for you. If you want, you can take it. If you want, and like you're doing me a favor," which I think is sweet because they're participating. But I, I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever had someone sit down and like who's in the game and really be like try to explain it to me or anything like that. For me, mm. it's just been listening to different podcasts, watching watching people, you know, their careers unfold and, and trying to learn from their mistakes. But I, I don't. I haven't had like that mentor figure yet mm. in comedy. Got you. Out of your thirteen months, what's the what's the? Uh... I've I've actually like I love the sit down. So I've talked to a few people, and there's one guy that always kind of there's a couple people that really stick in my hand. Mm. There's a comedian in Los Angeles named Vincent O'Shana, and another one based in Vegas now who was a L.A. guy. He has his like name on the wall at the store and all that fun stuff. His name is Brady Matthews, and um. I opened for both of them here in Chicago. That's why I met him. And then I did shows with him and uh, Vincent in LA. And every time I'm with them, they always give me some like really good advice, but they, it's like hands on advice. Like mm. I'll be at a club with them and they'll be like, Oh, don't do that. Mm. Like while you're talking to someone, I was like, Oh, like, yeah, you don't want to go over there. Like that dude's like, obviously focused. Like don't go bother him mm. or like, blah, 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 blah. Or it's like, Oh, like, look how I talk to the manager of this club to get another spot. Or, like, it's very, like, hands-on, like, experiences. Or it's, like, watching him communicate with other comics is really cool. And, like, yeah, all these guys give me really good um, advice. And, 
Yeah, it's cool. It's cool to like watch someone you look up to and then them tell you something. I, I don't know yeah. where I'm going with it. Out of, out of your out of your 13 months in the game so far, what is that monumental, mind blowing bomb that happened to mind you? Mind blowing bomb, like a really that that, that bomb. blew your eyebrows off. I, I've just been. I've just. I've, I mean, I've kind of just been hitting them out the park ever since <laughs> I touched the microphone. Like, I don't know what no, 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 no one's ever. Everyone tells me you're perfect, Josh. You've done no, such no, a great no, job. Like, I'm the Kim Jong Un of golf, bro. Hole in one. I'm just trying to think of like one that really stuck with me. There's obviously been a lot of bombs, but so many bombs have just been like, eh, it's just a bomb. Nothing like you've just been able to 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 wash it off. Oh, yeah. from the beginning. You've been performing since you were ten, yeah, selling out shows in your living room. That's yeah, right, yeah. huh? Yeah. I'm like. Like, I've never had one that stuck with me. I had one that stuck with me, one I always remember. So I opened for uh, a comedian named Nemer, and he came, came in from uh, Los Angeles. He was headlining a show at the City Winery, if you guys mm. have heard of this. And he didn't know he didn't have an opener, so we asked one of his L.A. friends, do you know anyone in Chicago? He knows me. We met. And so he like, connected me that way. So I went to City Winery. I didn't know what it was, City Winery, mm. so I thought it was just like a brewery so i was like oh, it'll just be something chill i didn't know it was an event space so there was like 300 something people there and i had wow. no idea and i got there and they're like all right you ready to go on like right now mm. everyone's sitting and i heard like the clapping and i was like what am i doing like just oh, like so five ten they're like no you're prepared. hosting and Oof. i was like oh wait hold on i don't know anything about this guy i don't know anything about the crowd what kind of crowd what are you are you what are like what, yeah. what is this and they're like, all right. How do you identify? And then I heard them say, Josh Dowell. And I was like, oh, fuck. So I went out, didn't have time to make like a set list. And I got out there and I was like, hey, everybody, hi. And this guy's like kind of famous. So they're like, the guy in the front row goes, you're not that guy. And I was like, Oof. oh, God. Okay. Was, everyone, anyone been to a comedy show before? And I swear to God, it sounded like two people would clap. Mm. So I was like, oh, a lot of first time comedy show. And then like the crowd cheered. And I was like, oh, God, no one knows how this works. <laughs> and I was like, hey, everyone. And I did my jokes for like 10 minutes, and it was awful. It was so bad. Uh, they didn't get anything. And they were just waiting for me to bring on the guy. They were just like, because they didn't know that I was going to be telling. They thought I was just like here to introduce right. him. They didn't realize I was also uh, a comedian. They thought I was like the janitor just coming to be like, hey, fire him exit uh, that just, way. Just blank stares. Exactly. They were just like, what is he doing? <laughs> is he telling a joke right now? Yeah. And I'm trying to be like physical, and they're like, did they did they try and stick with you in the beginning? No, was it right away they were joke, like, "Who is this? <laughs> this is not who we came to see." Like I literally watch people be like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" <laughs> and so that was rough. And then I got off stage and I was like, "Dude, I'm so sorry." Mm. And I was trying to call. I was like, "Never," and he didn't come out. And I was like, "Never." You sweat it out. And he didn't come out. And I was like, "All right, guys, let's try this one more time." Never, and he didn't come out, and then he finally like ran out. He's like, I was in the bathroom, and I was like, oh, <laughs> Christ. What was the energy he gave you after everything was done? So th uh, this is why it's monumental. It's because <laughs> <laughs> after the show, I was like, I'm so sorry, I ate it out there. And he goes, Dude, like that. I I think that was totally acceptable that you ate it. You kind of just got thrown into this last minute. You didn't. You were not prepared. And I was like, yeah, I'm really sorry. Like, I swear, I'd, like, I do better sometimes. <laughs> and then he's like, well, why don't you come open for me again? And I was like, all right, cool. Uh, and I was like, where? And he's like, have you ever been to San Diego? And I was like, yeah, that's my hometown. Yeah. And then, um, uh, and he was like, come open for me. And then, so now I'm opening for him in San Diego on June 25th. But um, the, the reason why that bomb stuck with me so much is because, like, 
I always judge myself after a bomb. Mm. And ever since then, I've never judged my act off of one bomb. Like, I've never mm. judged myself as a comedian mm. off a bomb. Because that doesn't make sense. Obviously, you judge how you dealt with the situation, but you as a comedian as a whole, right? one bomb, like, one, like you're, like, bombing once, like, bombing isn't reflect, doesn't reflect that, unless you only bomb. No, I, <laughs> like, I, if oh. you never do, if you, if you do well, if you bomb more than you do well, right? then obviously, then you, you need better friends. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, 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 you need yeah, better yeah. friends to talk to you about. Right. You're, you're a bringer. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you obviously have to, like, fix your act, but, like, right. you know, bombing, regularly like it's not like a bad thing and then that made me realize like no comedians like real mm. comedians that aren't out to s- slit your throat and hope you die in the industry comedians that actually want you to do well they're really easy to point out because they'll never judge you off a bomb sure they'll never watch you bomb and go oh he's not that good of a comedian i guess mm. yeah i mean i think bombing comes with the territory right i, I feel like it's definitely part of the job i feel like if you're not bombing it means you're not trying new jokes you're not playing around with your set you're not you're not playing around with what you're doing and so sure. you know I, I think you have to be able to know you're funny on like this like deep level okay right and and have that self-confidence i think a lot of times when i when i see bombs and when i've noticed myself bombing has been when i relinquish control back to the audience yeah right? that's when, a big one when i when i when they don't laugh at a joke and i immediately go to the next show to try to cover my ass mm. it, and that's not the point of comedy for me it's like i'm gonna one thing i've really been working on is i'm gonna give you this joke if it doesn't do well we're gonna sit in this for like a little bit, and we're gonna figure let's out. Take it in. Yeah, let's talk about it. Why didn't it do well? Let's Into have your a... nose out through your mouth, people. Let's exactly, talk. exactly. Because you know it, it. You have to just be able to to roll with the punches in that regard, mm. and and feel comfortable in that regard. And for me, I, you know, I've noticed a big change in my dynamic on stage since I've kind of taken that fear of bombing away. Right. Mm. I feel like when you relinquish control of the audience and they they don't respect you, then then your chances of bombing increases. But if you if yeah. your set's not going well, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, You're gonna just, do another one. It's gonna be fine. You're gonna work on the jokes. Don't don't let it destroy you right then and there. S- mm. Stick to who you are. Have that confidence, and that's you know how you kind of weather a bomb. I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, comedy being my favorite job, comedians being my favorite people. These days, it seems like I mean, we were talking about the news earlier. Are are comedians like the best newscasters? Yeah. Today, right? You have Bill Maher. You got yeah. You got Rogan. You got. Um, who's the light skinned dude from Africa? Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah. You got Shoals. Shoals is doing a lot of that stuff too. And when it comes down Andrew, to it, Andrew, Andrew Shoals is yeah. doing a lot of that stuff. When it comes down to it, like if I'm watching CNN, I'm just going for the the, the pictures and give me dates and quote unquote facts. Yeah. Or who whoever whatever pick a news station. But if I actually want to get what I think is going to be like color commentary or you know what I mean, like somebody giving me an honest opinion is going to be a comic nine times yeah. out of ten yeah and also comics like they try to make it funny <laughs> like you know what i mean like it's hard to just listen to an hour of a white lady in a wig just be like <laughs> here is everything wrong right, here is right. everything that's bad that's happening in our country and all here's right, when it's happening it. by the way right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then, uh, all right good night i think a big thing is also comedian's job is to go out experience see and report back and when you report back it's not just reporting back the facts it's reporting back the feelings the logic it's Mm. reporting back you know the it's processing i feel like when you see a standard routine especially when it's talking about 
or any any type, whether it's on a podcast or stand up, whatever it is, and you're talking about real world situations, a lot of times when I'm hearing these these comics talk, they're processing it and they're putting right. it in like almost layman's terms, where it's like we we don't have to be like super, you know, protective over what we're saying or anything sure. like that. We're just gonna give you the raw, authentic feel, and I think that's what resonates with people and why people like Rogan, Shoals, Trevor Noah. Bill Maher, these guys are blowing up. Is because of those those mm. things. You don't feel like you have to sugarcoat it. Even if, you, even if you're being in, inappropriate, you should be trying to be fair, right? If you're yeah, playing devil's advocate, right? Because you, if we're being judged in front of an audience nonstop, we're we're trying to find a balance to make sure that you know everybody's enjoying their time as much as possible. Yeah, you can't just go up there and be a jerk, right? You gotta. I think first and foremost, your job as a comedian is to make people laugh, mm. right? And you gotta make sure people have a good time. And so you you gotta be. I feel like comedians do such a good job of just playing both sides and and, sure. and flipping everything up on its head and flipping it upside down and, and analyzing it in ways that other people wouldn't. Yeah, I think that's what makes that's what makes comedy for me like the most thrilling thing is that we can talk about something that we all saw, but it's my job to flip it upside down and give it to you perspective you might have not thought about. Exactly. I think uh, as far as perspective, especially yeah, from a comedian, you're in front of so many different audiences, so many different personalities, and you got to go from zero to sixty real quick. An endangered species these days, which used to pretty much, I would say, be kind of in charge of the media, straight white guys. <laughs> Are they allowed to say anything on, on planet Earth anymore if they're not a comic? Like, can you just be a newscaster, straight white guy, and have an opinion about <laughs> anything? There, there's someone that has a joke that's so funny. His name is Akash Singe. I think I said that right. Have you heard okay. of this guy? Yes. It sounds familiar. Yeah, 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 yeah. He rolls with shows a lot. Yeah, yeah, he does. Oh, right, right, he right, has right. one of my favorite. He has such a good joke about it. And he goes... He's like, he's like, everyone in the media, he's like, uh, name one thing a straight white man can't have. He's like, okay, an opinion. <laughs> it's so Fair true, enough. though. It's so true. It's like, yeah, if you're white and a guy and you like women, you don't get to talk. Fair <laughs> like, enough. It's like, it's true. It is, is that, is that, I mean, fair, unfair? I think we gotta find. <laughs> I, I think I think we gotta find the balance of lifting minority voices without suppressing other people's voices. And I Very think true. that that we often feel like, oh, in order to encourage diversity, it means that we have to minimize the white male perspective, which I, is like that's bogus. I just don't feel like that's that's not the solution, right? Shutting down any voices I'm against. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they're bad voices, even though. But then who's, no, who yeah. dictates that, though? True, right? True, true. I mean, you can't. I'm. Everyone should get it. That's why, like, no one's opinion should like matter more. It's like everyone get an equal opinion. You get an equal word. I feel like a lot of people, like you were saying, a lot of people are worried about. Mm. Okay, you guys had your time of like having like the biggest word. Now it's our time to have the biggest word, and you guys' word means nothing. Sure. It's like where then we're. Uh, repeating ourselves like we're right. just in this never-ending cycle of all right now it's my turn now you shut up no okay now it's my turn you shut yeah. up why can't we all like why don't we just level out like there's a lot of people who like say they support like uh like feminism right i support right. feminism but then there's people who say they support feminism but their goal is like women are better than men and we don't need men Men are mm. gross, stupid men. Men are nothing. <laughs> like you know, like we don't need men anymore. Like but men are trash. Right, right, men right, are right, trash. Right. That's not feminine. That's like that's 
the opposite. Feminism is like the equality. So it's like mm. we're all equal. Doesn't matter what's in the pants. So now so, you're gonna yeah. mansplain feminism. I'm just playing. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Ocean on feminism. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No, I just I think I mean, equality is what we're all shooting for, and I think we're overshooting. Yeah. If that makes well, sense. it's also scary in my eyes. It. In my eyes, it's scary to try and shut something, someone down, because you're not shutting down the the perspective or the passion or the feelings when you shut down a person. So when you take, uh, if you take Donald Trump off social media platforms, what's going to happen? You're getting rid of his voice. No, he still has a following. So eventually, in my eyes, right, he's going to start his own. I think he, they're already talking about it. Yeah. They're going to start his own platform. And it's gonna have so so much of a kick behind it, cause it's like bottlenecked right now with somebody shaking a a, a champagne bottle, yeah, with, with like, the cork still on it. You know, I was actually having this conversation. There's this girl that I was I was seeing, and 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 she hated Joe Rogan. I mean, when this Joe Rogan okay, stuff right, came right. out, was just like Joe Rogan is the ultimate Republican, ultimate right wing, ultimate yeah, this. Right. And I was like, you know, Joe Rogan is actually none of those things. And I explained to her, and I was like, if you look at a lot of his yeah. social stances, he's actually a very middle ground guy. And I don't have a hard opinion one way or the other on Joe Rogan. But my whole point was, I was like, do you want to? She's like, all the right loves him. I was like, you know why the right loves him? It's because the left hates him. And I was yeah. like, if you try to cancel somebody, all you're going to do is ignite a fire under their following. Yeah. Rather than, hey, let's invite them to the table and have a conversation. Let's, let's exchange ideas. Let's maybe see if we can at least share perspective so i can see where you're coming from you can mm. see where i'm coming from but a lot of this anger that we feel is like the reason that donald trump has such a high following is because the left just kept going at him and, and, mm. and trashing him and so i feel like that's really the root of the issue is just is just stop trying to cancel people start trying to talk to people he was a comedian himself donald trump was between him funny, and obama bro. they were donald trump, donald trump was funny let's be let's be very clear hilarious this guy oh, donald trump hilarious. hilarious he definitely has a tight 10 he, minutes oh yeah. as an arab muslim i'm telling you this guy was hilarious bro he's such a bad guy listen he's such a human uh i'm just kidding no i'm not gonna no they're but definitely zooming i want everyone to understand uh, what I'm about to say does not mean that I'm a Trump supporter. Because I love that you have to say that. I, you I have love to that you have to say. I'm this. trying to build a career here. I feel you. I feel you on that. I feel you on that. Ocean Thomas. I don't want any of these people coming at me being like, "You're not allowed to be a comedian now." Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't support him. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he's so funny. He's hilarious. <laughs> he's hilarious. Just so funny. The fact that he's he was hilarious. our president is, and again, that I'm not a Trump supporter. I really want. <laughs> Let me just say, I'm not a Trump supporter. Maybe Mike. I I voted for Biden, whatever that means. It's a coin flip. But I just want to say that he is absolutely hilarious. Like, just like crooked Hillary. What a good clapback. Have you seen the one where he's like, we can't have someone be in charge of the law like Donald Trump? And he goes, yeah, because you'd be in jail. Yeah, because you'd be in jail. (laughs) What a good comeback, bro. We're not going to talk about the comedic quality this guy has. He can roast. Trump, I mean, you see him on the roast, right? Trump is hefty, and he calls other people fat. Like he—that's the thing. You know, he's, what? He's, he shoots. <laughs> Man, we we know we have we have seen NFL players on video kicking women, and the next Sunday they're running for touchdowns <laughs> with everybody cheering. But yeah. Donald Trump can't say nothing 
or we're going to cancel him. I'm like, no. The fact that he was calling Chris Christie fat mm. is like the greatest. Or like the fact, the whole, my favorite part about the whole Trump thing was when he had his doctor come out and say, Trump isn't perfect. Physical <laughs> condition. The balls this guy has to come out obese yeah. wearing a size 76 <laughs> on the tennis court. <laughs> and he's, with a hoagie in his hand. Yeah, there he goes. And he has to be like, this guy's in perfect health condition. That's when I was like, oh, he this is going to be a, at the very least, it's going to be an Yo. interesting four years. Oh, so, yeah. This is going to be interesting. And look, and his hair looked like, I mean, it was it was bad. And to, to have the kind of confidence it takes to come out with this target on your head and still <laughs> fire off at anybody with Amazing. a Uzi and not care. It's one of those things you laugh at. You're like, I can't believe that he just said that shit. <laughs> like, I'd like watch his speeches and be like, I can't believe that just happened. Like, like there's that one where he like calls in a reporter and she goes, um, like, I don't know. And he's like, uh, you right here. And she goes, oh, sorry. Uh, I, I, sorry, I wasn't ready. And he goes, yeah, you're never ready. You're trash. <laughs> yeah. You're a trash reporter. And I'm like, it's <laughs> <laughs> a full president right there. <laughs> well, the rest of those people are, are cookie cutters. They were in a box. They're reading this little script or whatever. And and he, yo, he's a TV personality. He's been in real estate in the mafia-riddled streets of New York, Manhattan, and which McCall. Matter of fact, the governor of the very city that we're in right now. Um, what's that guy's name? I don't, I don't know. Who's the governor? Lori Lightfoot. Uh, uh, mayor uh, Prisker. Yeah, JB Prisker. Oh yeah. Him. They built they built the Commodore in New York together back in like 1980 something, like 86, 88. The amount of people in bed with Trump that as soon as he was up there doing all this, and they did, I don't condone that. What about all that money you guys were making back in the Yeah, you're, you're real quiet now. Like. You're real quiet right now, shaking shaking uh, Aunt Jemima's hand uh, so you can get votes. Aunt the fact, the fact that this man was selling steaks <laughs> and then became president <laughs> of the United States of America. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to call that the American dream. I don't care Trump how big his loan man. was. This guy has seven failed businesses and still won the presidency. And he like gave us this whole game plan. Too. You guys remember there was like that 1980s interview that went crazy. It mm. went viral with Oprah. He was like, "Yeah, I'd run as a Republican because they don't, they don't, mm. they're not educated. They're not like, bro." He's just like insulting them. And then like 30 years later, he's like, "I'm running for president." <laughs> I'm running for president. Oh, my I, favorite. I, I feel like it's important that we. Um, this this podcast became a uh, Trump cast pretty quickly. Every time I've done a podcast, I've always said one thing that I regret. <laughs> yeah, for me, I'm like, I really hope they don't put that in. <laughs> when it comes, well, when it comes to celebrity presence, America has a long history of it, right? Um, really? Yeah, you got Reagan. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you got Trump. Uh, you got there was at least another one in there. Abe that Lincoln. I don't know, but I just... Oh, yeah, he was in the theater for a little bit, wasn't he? I don't know, man. He was a celebrity to me. Ooh, what's going on over there? Biden's the closest. It's it's legal in this state. Oh, cool. No. No, I'm I'm just admiring. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) We're on the south side. Anything you want, we get Uh, it out of here. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Is that how confident I sound? Yeah. Let's send it. (laughs) He wants some extravagant. <laughs> he wants some extravagant yeah. California shit like Molly. Oh my or God, Xanax what's happening out here? I like but how no. Josh looks like he's always dressed for his first day of school, and he's uh, out oh, here. on the, on the <laughs> podcast. Yeah, that's hilarious. Like, do you think? Do you think one of these social media um, stars right now is in line to become a president? Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Absolutely. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Dwayne. He has and to yeah. make a run for it. I mean, just imagine how baller that would be. To have Dwayne the Rock Johnson 
I, I feel like I would feel so confident with him as my president. I don't know. I don't I don't trust him on any policy. Let me be very clear. I don't trust him on any policy. Whatsoever. But, but I'll be he, like, at least he looks cool. But he just like Yeah. The fact that he said I don't have time to bleed and like we all were like, Yeah, that's makes sense that he that's not ridiculous that no, he yeah, said that. that. Makes sense. Yeah, let's do it. What is it? What is it about the president that, that inspires confidence in him? Right? Because I I, I see where you're going, and definitely, definitely, The Rock could be the president I in think my so. eyes. It definitely feels like something that could happen, and I'd be like, yeah, all right, The Rock's the president. It seems like what does that have to do with the job that he has to do? That, but I still feel like confident, like yeah, he'll he'll get something done. Because I just feel like the president's the mascot of the country. I don't ever, I don't mm. feel like they do that. I mean, look, but. Biden's not capable of doing. He he can barely walk no, upstairs right lines. now. He's reading lines right now. He's being fed lines. I don't know if he's actually if he can read anymore. But, no, 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 no. But, he's doing nothing. Oh, but, so what I'm saying is he's just their mascot at this point. It, I don't the feel face. the mm. fact that or what really made me lose faith oh in the whole thing was like my mother's calling me. Your mother's calling you. Can you go ahead, take him. You can take him. I feel bad. No, you take him. Yeah, honey, you already taken. Yeah, yeah, you already took another call. Yeah. Wow, I'm like the worst podcast guest of all. I'll put her on the podcast. All right, go for it. Hey, mom. Um, everything you're saying is being recorded. You're around two comedians. Uh, we're on a live podcast. Hey, mama Ocean. No, no problem. Just let me deal with it. The post. Oh, 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 shit! You guys, this is actually a big deal. Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> Louis goes, "You're on a podcast." She's like, "It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I you're give, person, I give the, personal information the, immediately." The post office is going crazy. <laughs> I do apologize for that. No, no, is everything cool? Everything's cool. The post office, you figured it out? Yeah. Last first, last four of your social? Yeah. By the way, your mom's accent, you nailed it. You nailed it. Oh, it's yeah. perfect. She speaks like this, like she doesn't understand, but she does at the same time. She's very soft, very sweet lady. Where'd he go? He went to go get you all those illicit drugs. Oh, yeah, for. the illicit drugs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 this yeah right scary. on time. <laughs> Hell yeah! This is like the kind of building where he can just go into another room and just come back. No, this building definitely has uh, uh, eight mile vibes for sure. I like Hell it. Yeah. Like like when, you, when you pulled up, did you want to call me and be like, "Hey, Mike, are you sure?" <laughs> I was standing I was outside. Like, if you didn't come for another two minutes, you said because I was like, "I'm not ringing a bell. I'm not. I'm not announcing that I'm I just didn't get out of my the, car until I saw Mike." Step I was outside. like, "I'm not. I'm not going <laughs> to announce my location right now." <laughs> I just feel like I was, yeah. I was like, oh god, I thought I, I thought what's gonna happen to me in here? Just announcing as I, I'm here with Mike. I'm here <laughs> with Mike. <laughs> I am it? a nice guy. <laughs> I mean, we are we are definitely in the past the point of talking about the whole Oscars fiasco. But my my biggest question about my takeaway from there is how when when do you know when to call a Call it off on a bad relationship. Uh, when she puts other people's uh, penises in the mouth. <laughs> I think that's a that's good, my thing. It's a great start. As soon as you start that's sucking another dick, we're done. As soon as <laughs> that's my only role. <laughs> that's right. I feel like that's as a long, great call. That's all the strikes. As soon as another that's dick it. enters the picture, I'm out, bro. Yeah. Not, if there's two dicks, I'll leave. That is you a can bummer. Yeah, yeah. That I'll is definitely it. a bummer. If there's two dicks. One of us this has to leave. I'm always willing. Additional dick is bummer for real. That's how you know to call it off. Additional dick. None. But I mean, technically, 
I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna defend Jada. No, <laughs> I was about to. I'll, I'll defend. Listen, I'll defend Trump, With but I will not. Name out your I will mouth, not talk right? about. It was a joke, dude. <laughs> what a good. That's my favorite line. It's a joke. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Dude. It was, that was a nice one. I was, oh, that like, was a nice one. To be wow. fair, all the jokes he could have made, I was disappointed he made that one. Like that's mm. that's how it was tame it was. It wasn't even funny. It was just how tame it was. Where it was like, and my biggest thing on the, on the whole Oscars thing. And again, I know we're past it, but is that Samuel was, Jackson finally won. Samuel Jackson finally Shout won. Out Samuel. Oh, he did. But my biggest thing was, I was I like, "Why are we talking about the joke? Why does mm. the joke matter?" A dude got up and hit another dude in a workplace environment mm. for, for just performing. Like, why? Why was it all of a sudden it's like he was defending black women? Is that how we're supposed to defend people now? Is like you just get up and mm. smack a performer for making a joke? Is that is that how we're gonna do it? That was my biggest issue. Was the whole conversation in pop culture was should he have made the joke? Should he have not made the joke? And my whole thing is I was like a comedian was performing and got slapped. That's that should be the news. That's all that matters. That's annoying. That is a bummer because a lot of culture, especially American culture, is monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. So for the simple fact that that happened now, it's I mean it's it's not open season, but it definitely feels like. Some drunk idiot one night is gonna be more than likely. I mean, after nine eleven, there was some dude like four months later that flew his little fucking uh, 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 crop duster plane into the side of a building over taxes. You know what I really? mean? Really? Like, yeah. <laughs> you heard like a whole that. manifesto. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad we at least nine. inspired yeah. something. You know, like, he, he killed he killed himself in one window. Fucking that's jagged. crazy. <laughs> over taxes? Over Just over don't taxes? Don't pay him. I if you're flying. A, <laughs> If you're flying a crop duster, if you're flying a crop duster, I doubt, I doubt that the IRS is knocking on your door. You know, if they didn't bust Donald Trump, they're not gonna buzz this guy with the crop duster. Yeah, I don't know if I should be admitting to this on. You never you know, pay taxes. I've never done that shit. Because <laughs> well, like, here's my, here's what I thought. Listen to me for a second. <laughs> here's what I thought. This Let is how this is, this is how I thought it worked. Okay. You pay taxes once you start making like a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> like adult money. So like, you know, I had my summer job and I make a lot of money from stand up and like I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Uh, I was like, I didn't know I needed to be doing like, but I have like eight W2s to my name. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, first and foremost, you weren't making any money working in bars because you just turned 21. Exactly. Um, I, had like, I had like a lifeguard job back home and like yeah, I, I yeah. worked for the government. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I didn't know I had to do taxes. No, I didn't. I didn't know that I had to pay taxes on. Like, I thought I. I thought it was like whatever they took out of my mm. paycheck. Yeah, is you, I thought they I was did like, it for me. Oh, they handle it on the back end, and then I like, think in California, right? Isn't it like fifty-fifty? They take any money you make. They already automatically take the like half yeah. right out the gate. It's a lot that they take out, but then you get it back on the tax return. Yeah. I don't understand that. Stop taking my money if you're just gonna give it back. <laughs> yeah, why do so, you need it? They're like, listen, we're gonna give you a couple grand back, and I'm like, this because you took a couple grand too much, bro. Don't act like you're doing me a favor <laughs> when you're giving me my money. Like, well, like oh my god, the government's so f- nice. It's like they just gave back what they stole. I don't need a <laughs> bonus. Just stop taking my money. Well, that's what's interesting about these days when people can bury their money in cryptocurrency, right? Where is that tax? Money like, coming from trying to, to figure that out. I don't. You're asking me questions. I, I this is above my mm. my knowledge capability. I have no idea. I just say crypto, and then I say here. NFT, and I just feel smarter. What is an I NFT? 
uh, a national yep football exactly transmission. How it starts. The national football <laughs> transmission. <laughs> so it is, bro. You asked me about NFT. The NFL, the national NFT. football team. The national football team, bro. We're, That's what they changed the uh, the name to in DC, right? right? The Commanders. We're world champions always. So if I took. Does it piss anybody else off that the NFL claimed the winner of the Super Bowl gets to say that the world champion? You can't call yourself a world champion if no one else is. Playing. No one's playing. Well, I mean, it is the it is the 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 only true football in the world, right? Really? There's that other one. Is the Canadian? No, is the Walmart football it. up in Canada? No, I'm so. talking about soccer. That oh. <laughs> <laughs> football. That, that god awful sport. Oh, no, <laughs> I um, I took my headphones off for a second, and it's crazy how less cool if that makes sense it mm. sounds when i take my head now we're just oh just regular real life so we're just guys, guys just talking in a room oh god it's here this is yeah, amazing yeah, yeah. you guys are about to witness you have to do this yeah yeah i don't yeah. smoke too often but when but i we do and elon Musk i situation. make it on the south side podcast with zade oh zade yeah. by the way a comedian i posted that photo of us he said hi to you which You're comedian famous. is that? his name is sean vasquez Sean Vasquez. What's the word with Sean Vasquez? Sean Vasquez is out of Madison. He works at Comedy on State. I met him in Waukegan a few years ago. Mm. It was work there. uh, On Madison, Madison, Comedy on State. Is that what it's called? I've seen him perform. He does a lot of work out there, man. He's a good guy, heartfelt guy. He works with kids. Yeah. Shout out to Sean, man. I love that guy. And we only met that one time. I'm sorry. I'm trying to. I'm watching Josh. Watching. (laughs) Look uh, at this. Like you watching (laughs) Elon Ocean over here. This is incredible, man. This is. Speaking you of ready? NFT, this is going to be an NFT, man. This is you're, incredible. You're, I, I just your facial expression is like my right, dad the first it, time he saw my it. jokes. First time smoking. Brand new 21-year-old. I don't know. I, I've smoked. Oh, uh, you're one of the around. cool kids. You've done the, the Mary Jane. Uh, Chief. Once or twice. Okay. Chief Keith. Oh, that's he closed baseball. his eyes. That's a baseball bat. He, he, he closed like, his like eyes. Notebook. It was like his first kiss. What is this? Thank God COVID's over, right? Yeah. God. Definitely. <laughs> that eye's about to pop out. That left eye came out the socket a little bit. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's what you were looking for. It's oh, amazing. It's this is incredible. No, I'm just going to see you the rest of the podcast. Like, yeah, no, you guys got this. <laughs> this is good. Speaking of Elon Musk. Is going down the line at all? Another... Uh, uh, I'm good. Ramadan man. and I'm good. No. Ramadan and I'm good. <laughs> Ramadan. <laughs> I'm you out so there, buddy. the delinquent of the podcast. Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're wearing a turtleneck. You're not the delinquent. Don't worry. Yeah. He's definitely Ethan, Ethan Hawk from... from no, that was badass, right though. Now. I respect it. I respect the move to do it live oh, yeah. on, on the podcast, man. You know and what? don't stop there. You gotta keep going, right? It's such a beautiful blunt that was come out when I get you gotta, get you gotta get blitzed. I don't really smoke that often. This is pretty so rare. I want to see it. Yeah, hell yeah. Do I look cool? You look really behind cool. the camera. All right, all right, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> what is um? What is Elon? Does Elon Musk mean anything? Because at the time when Thomas Edison was, I'm sure he meant something to the people, right? Well, yeah, Gerald Ford, all those people. Does Elon Musk mean something to the culture right now? With his nine kids, eight kids, <laughs> just pumping them out. It's funny you say that. I opened up for him last weekend. I'm just <laughs> out the park. Like, 13 months in. What's been taking you so long? No, it's funny you say that about, like, what does he mean to society now? Because, like, a lot of people are like, well, this dude's too smart. Or what is he doing? But it's crazy. He literally is like the Thomas Edison mm. of our lifetime. Like, we don't really think about it now, but when we're old as shit, mm. and, like, he's, how old, how old are you, Mike? I'm 41. You're 41 years old? Yeah, all day, all night. You know that? He looks he looks good for 41. I genuinely I thought 
You're, you're not going to... I genuinely thought sorry, you were like... Sorry, I'm hurting your feelings now. No, I thought you were like early 30s. That's yeah, insane. Yeah, I'll take it. You look great. Yeah, um, But Elon... Like when like when we're really old and kids are like, oh, we heard about Elon. Like that's when it's gonna like click. It's like that's yeah. when it's like. I feel like you don't really become a staple of history until you're kind of dead. Yeah, because mm. it's it's all like we take it for granted exactly. in today, right? It's like everybody's driving a Tesla, everybody's doing the stuff, and we act like it's not monumental. But in the future, when it becomes more standardized, you're gonna be like, man, who who kickstarted this movement? That's when you look back and are like, mm. oh, that's that's ridiculous. Like. I don't, that's all I. That's all my thoughts on it. I like. I like. I like the fact that he seems like he's a bit of a, a douche. You know. Yeah. He, he, I love it. Like he's a bit of an ass. Yeah. You know. Like he bought. He bought nineteen point two, like shares uh, or nineteen point two percent of Twitter just to tie as the number one um, private shareholder in that company. Mark you. <laughs> Mark you, he poured he poured like a few hundred million in there, ended up making like sixty million just off of the uh just off of the stock. He's got F U money and he and he spends he spends his money like Bruce Wayne and we complain, but we all think it's so cool. Like Yeah. Like I think I yeah. think he I don't know, he I, I like the how just trans like um what is it? Transparent he is. Mm. Like what was that thing where someone was like he announced how much money he was gonna be doing it and then some news outlet was like you know, if you took that money, you could solve world hunger. And he's like, "Show me, show me the schematics. Show me how we yeah. do it, and let's let's do." It. I will guarantee you that I will do this yeah. if you can show me how. Right. That's the difference between Thomas Edison and Nikola Tesla. Right. Nikola Tesla was hardcore engineer. Didn't mm-hmm. talk. Didn't make eye contact with anybody. Just wanted to sit in his fucking room, make his little make his little lightning globe ball, and and fucking and 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 all these inventions. And then Thomas Edison was a voice. He was boisterous. He was probably a bit of a douche. He knew how to get things going. He knew how to point to people and say, hey, you, Steve Jobs, best coder in the world? No, but he was a bit of a douche. He was a voice. And all these little square-ass engineers that are working for him, hey, you do this, you do this. Who do we remember, right? Yeah, he was a trailblazer. He was a bull. I'm going to pave the way. And I might not have all the answers, but he at least was able to see the big picture. And Elon Musk feels like he's a bit of both. Like he has the brains and he has a personality to carry it across. And then plus on top of that, we don't know what his overhead is. You're running the T5 show, right? You're selling out and people will look at you like, well, you you got your... You got to grip all over this comedy scene. Put put me on there. Headline me. Yeah. Give me out the zanies, right? And you're like, hey, hey, buddy, I'm I'm I got this and that to worry about. Right. I mean, you're over at the comedy bar, you you got things going on at the comedy store. i you're at Laugh Factory and all that. People probably come up to you. Hey, make this happen, make that happen. Uh get me on here and there. And you're like, hey buddy, I'm I'm trying to get this figured yeah, out myself, right? Exactly. I, I I don't like I don't know. Like Yeah, yeah. I see exactly what you're saying. Um and like how we were talking about like the like the leaders and like how I don't know how to word this actually I have it worded in my head but I can't get it out <laughs> that makes sense sure but no no go ahead I was gonna say like like right now for what I pay for my two bedroom apartment on South Side of Chicago if I was to go to Omaha Nebraska I'd be living in a five bedroom yeah. mini mansion yeah. you know what I mean but that just for what I'm making now and if I upgrade and I start making more money I'm gonna upgrade where I'm living and still be probably living similarly just right. in better surroundings right now for him for as much money as he's got sure <laughs> like he has stuff to spare but that's probably also his leverage to get shit mm-hmm. done I mean he's a small country this fucking guy right yeah. 
I think it's also really important. Like, if you're gonna have money, you gotta be. If you're gonna be, if you're gonna have, because there's so many rich, really, really rich people. Really rich people. No, he is the richest. Right, I know, but like, but there's so many people like at like that billionaire kind of mm, quota mm-hmm. that like we don't know about. Sure. You know, and then but once you become like a public public billionaire, like mm-hmm. you're very public, people know who you are. Bezos, you know, uh, Elon, all those guys. Um, it's like you got to be kind of influential. It's like, oh, now people look at me like, mm. like you're this big thing, mm-hmm. like you're this big energy, this big person. Then you have to have like that kind. Of, you have to pick up that mentality, and you're like, I'm gonna do good with it. And um, mm. like Elon Musk is like influential. He can lead people. Like you were saying, it's important to be if you're gonna mm. have that kind of stature. You also have to be like, uh, you have to have leadership in a way. Sure. Yeah. Like then there's some billionaires that like, I feel like they can't handle being a lead. like. I don't like. Like, Could Steve Jobs though? Because from all them, and I don't know for sure, but from all those movies and 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 the word from the street is that like his family life, uh, uh, and the life of like his kids took a hit for him being who he was, and his personal relationships apparently were dog shit. Yeah. And when he was, you know, people were ready to throw him under the bus just because of the 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 person he was, and he was so driven. Like right now with your, your boy Kanye, like yeah, I was just about to bring you know up I mean? Kanye. Like, it's like yeah, sure, he's he's approach he's hitting billions, but at the cost of what? Like when it's when it and not to speak on another man's family, but when 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 young people start to get older and they start looking back, questioning things, how are they gonna look back on it? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I think there's a cost, there's a societal cost to being a genius, mm. and I think that if you are extraordinary. Right. You're going to your life is just going to be different. Right. So Mm. you have people like Elon Musk, you have people like Steve Jobs, like Kanye West, who I consider to be the greatest musical producer of our generation. Right. Okay. And when you have that, like you're not going to live a normal life. You're going to do extraordinary things. which is going to bring extraordinary tension, which is going to bring extraordinary struggles and challenges. And also, like if you're that talented, there's something different in your brain. Right, whether you want to call it a mental illness, whatever you want to call it, there's something different in your brain that makes you stand out amongst the crowd and why you were able to to trailblaze. Mm. And I think that a lot of times we're like, no, we just want to enjoy the art, but then we want to attack the artist and we don't want to ever talk about where that art comes from and we never want to give the benefit of the doubt of where that art comes from. So when I see what's going on with Kanye, when when you talk about the the hardship, the personal relationships with Steve Jobs, I feel like, man, how am I going to sit here on my iPhone and praise this man's genius and then turn around and and judge where that genius was coming from. Like, there's sure. going to be a hardship and a struggle that comes with it. Well, who's that number one image? Conor McGregor after he broke his legs? Your wife sent me DMs. Your wife sent me DMs. <laughs> like, this guy's so insane. But I'm going to tune into his next I'm going to watch that next fight. Exactly. When you're extraordinary, you attract that attention. Yeah. At the, oof. It's just the other side, right? And you can never... That's one thing I try and take into consideration when somebody's like, why do these people do this? Why does this group of people act like that? Why did that person just go rob that other person? And I'm like, I can't put myself in that person's mentality, right? There's a lot of dumb people. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that are smarter than me. And I can only think how I think. So I can't dumb myself down to say, all right, this is, this is, that would make sense. Or it doesn't make sense for you to go out and rob somebody. If if you're not working with a full deck or if your deck got funny cards in them or just life and circumstance and who am I to judge anybody for anything? You know what I mean? Really? I mean, there's good and bad, right? Is there a, is there a clear line on, on good and bad? Nah, I mean, I think that line's always going to be blurry depending on the perspective, depending on who's 
who's the stakeholder, right? Because mm. I think that there's so many conflicted interests today that depending on where your interests lie, you're going to view something as good or view something United as United States, bad. it's federally illegal to uh, do allegedly what, what Josh... You know what I mean? You're a criminal. Um, there's also the tax thing. <laughs> yeah, thousand percent. Um, don't don't talk about it anymore, please. As your non-legal counsel, I advise <laughs> you. Um, but then also, I mean, federally illegal to uh, uh, for prostitution, unless you go to Reno, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's illegal to do this here or there. It's illegal to brandish a firearm in New York, but it's open carry in Texas. In Florida, you got stand your ground laws. Like even in this one coalition of states that we live in the the laws go completely on two sides right. of the fence of, of what is right and wrong yeah that's always been I, like how can you ever get a, a country of people to get on the same page when everyone's laws are so different you know mm. what i mean like everyone like that the the way that you grow up with laws and rules and how things are going to work in your life definitely has effect on how you grow into a person right you're gonna be a different kind of person if you live in a place where you can walk with an AK-47 around your, <laughs> like, sure. ar- ar- around your back. Yeah. Or you know, you're gonna be a, a different kind of person if you grew up knowing like that, like, oh, like gay people can't get married. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like you're gonna have a, you're gonna be a different kind of person if you live in a state where gay people can get married. And if you got a gun, it's got to be covered up. Like, don't like just walk around with it. Or like, you know, like you can't do this, you can't do that. But like. The way, like, it's kind of like, but it, every everything you li- grow up with is going to be a part of your character. So, like, right. it grows these different people, and these people and these people are going to have completely different opinions. And now, mm. as an adult, we're like, we all need to have the same opinion, right? Yeah. Like, what the hell? Well, we just came from different parts of the country. Somebody else's circumstance at yeah. the same time. I, th- I think a, a big issue whenever we talk about whether it be politics, whether it's whatever we're doing, is we just ignore context. All oh, we do yeah. is ignore context. Oh, like, hell yeah. I used to think, like, you know. If, if you were a Trump supporter, man, I'd never talk to you. I'm Arab. As, as an Arab Muslim, I could never talk to you. But then I started realizing, like, a lot of these people, the, the backgrounds for their opinions is based on the context in which they grew up. And they can I, they can only live by the context in which they mm. grew up. So, for example, there was a, a, a guy that I knew at work, and we had, a, we had a very candid conversation during the 2020 election where I asked him, I was like, does white privilege exist? And he was like, no, white privilege, white privilege does not exist. It's not a real thing. It's all the yeah. stuff. And he was like, and... We kind of got it boiled down where I was like, you don't think it exists because it's never had to exist for you. It's just there. You've never had to be on the other side of it. And so you never had to notice it. You've been in a position where you've never had to experience it. So for you, when you hear like, oh, why you think white people get things easy? No, there's no way. It's because you've never been on the other side of it. And I just had thinking about his individual struggles to his life, which everybody has. And he can't be outside the context. Right. So. He never, he was never going to think it existed because he never had to. That his right, context right. never. And then when I told him, I was like, yeah, but you understand, like, I had to know what a terrorist was when I was, you know, four Straight years up, old. Right. And I had to know that I wasn't one. And I had to know that my name's going to make people think that I have to explain my name and all this stuff. And so when I was kind of giving him that background, he was like, oh. And he probably still voted for Trump. But at the end of the day, he understood me a little bit better. Sure. And we were able to have that connection because I was willing to listen to the context in which he was operating in. Mm. So I feel like, we just we judge way too much without thinking like yeah of course you're gonna think xyz because you grew up in texas where like you said you could put a firearm around your waist and and gay people Mm. can't get married and that's the that's normal and then now i expect you me growing up in ohio i expect you to fully 
agree with everything I have to say. Right, right. Like that's that's ludicrous. That's ridiculous. Well, you're only going to be able to see through the eyes of your own personal experience, oh, right? Sure. So when whenever I hear the headline like um, women in the workplace make less money, like my reflexes to go. Well, they're they're not being trash men, or they're not you know being construction workers, or something like that. But I mean, then I have to stop and actually think, like, and try and empathize, put myself through the lens of, okay, what does that actually mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I do. We see it uh, just in our business what it can be like for 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 girls, uh, for ladies having to navigate through show business, just being a woman. It's like, oof. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I mean, in life, being a woman, good luck. That's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. not easy. So, but yeah, I mean, and that's a whole half I of the agree. population. Just have to make it. <laughs> feminist, Josh. <laughs> I'm, I'm Josh Ocean. <laughs> Josh Ocean, I'm feminist. I'm that's <laughs> Josh Ocean, I'm feminist. I agree. <laughs> I'm pro women. Hell yeah, man. Is there, um, is there ever going to be a time where there's not like, People just complaining about other people's privilege. No, whatever no, it is. No, human pe- human beings are problematic people. We love to. We complain, just we man. just love the drama, right? Every, every every generation has had their revolution and their anger and all this stuff. Like it's yeah. it's it's always going to be a thing, and I think it's, it's going to get louder because. Now people are going to be complaining in the metaverse. They're going to be complaining in the real world. They're oh, yeah, going to be complaining. Gonna, there's two universes worth. Two universes. So many av- so many avenues to complain. Mm. And you know, I, it's just going to get worse, man. And With that, um, uh, when we were talking about bullying earlier. Is it, is it, the aspect that hey, all right, if something happens at two o'clock at school, and then. Eight o'clock that night, everybody's still talking about it on socials. Is is that making things worse? Like the same way, like the positive vibes you get from scrolling, oh. those negative vibes, is that doing something worse? Online bullying is. The worst. <laughs> <laughs> I think online bullying is like trash. Like it's I, fake. Oh God! No, no, I just not like, true. I think it's so wrong. Like bullying somebody online, that is so far way past the point of like why would you do that like people mm. that like what's it called e-bullying what did they just, call it it's cyber, it's cyber bullying e-bullying. It's, just, it's just like i don't know I, I feel like it's it's so fake to bully someone on yeah. online like you're you're hiding so, behind this so this yeah. hate comment like show me how insecure you are. like when i post something on tiktok so people comment all this hate stuff my favorite thing to respond is like do you feel better now like do, is your yeah, day yeah. better now because you got that off your chest like man if you're gonna bully someone Bully them in person. Like, like, listen, I'm not saying don't bully. I'm saying if you're gonna bully, like, have take some lunch money. Yeah, Yeah. do it face to face. Like this, this cyber bullying thing. You, you can just hide behind an avatar or profile picture and don't have to face the Mm -hmm. consequences. Because I feel like bullying is also educational in some ways. Because you gotta, you gotta pay the price of what you say. Say something wrong at a guy in a bar and he's a little drunk, he'll fuck you up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But online, it's like, ready for that. it's like, F you, no, F you, no, F you. Like, all right, we didn't accomplish anything. Well, online today. is a great equalizer, right? Doesn't matter how tall you are, how much you can pin press, how fast you are. Like, if somebody can get you going online, they could be a little, little worm somewhere. Yeah. If they get you, if they hit you, that one thing, <laughs> they they start working on my nose and then give <laughs> me a good one. I'll be like, fuck, it'll ruin my whole week. <laughs> and they're just sitting over somewhere in fucking Vermont. Like, yeah, uh, got him. 
That's right. my thing. It's my hairline that people, when people mention my hairline, <laughs> I'm like, that had nothing to do with the video. Like, you didn't have to, <laughs> nothing you didn't, to do with the joke. You didn't, like, you could, like, insult the joke. The don't. joke had nothing. <laughs> Leave the hairline alone, bro. I was advertising hand lotion. I was like, what are you talking <laughs> about, bro? my face. This I was guy. wearing a hat, you asshole. <laughs> oh. This guy told me I had a worse hairline than Joe Rogan, and I was so upset because it made me laugh. That's how mad I was. I was like, that's so good. That's so mean. I I remember the meanest comment I ever got. The meanest comment I ever got was, uh, it was not too long ago. It was on an Instagram thing, and it it wasn't even like mean. It was just so like, why would you say that? They go, um, uh, there's an old ancient saying, when it rains, it pours. Yeah, There's another one. That says Josh Ocean Thomas is gay. (laughs) 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 What the fuck? Uh, It's like a burglary. It's guaranteed (laughs) somebody you know. It's definitely somebody you know, bro. That's that's. They took the time. Oh, she's gone out of the life. That was amazing. Girlfriend's gone. You okay? I don't know, guys. <laughs> <You're okay. laughs> no. no, yeah, no. Me and my girlfriend broke up a few months ago. So, yeah, yeah. Over comedy, over you, over these late nights, early mornings. Yeah, she's like that bitch or me. <laughs> I'm taking the jokes, woman. I'm leaving. I'm everything else. Um, no, no. The long distance does it's a. Uh, I don't know, have you ever done long distance in your life? I've tried, yeah. Yeah? How long did, did you last? It's virtually impossible. How long did I last before like I broke uh, the, the rules of a relationship? No, no, no. <laughs> Probably about That's four. Oh I think God. like four, five, thirty <laughs> that same day. That's hilarious. <laughs> Can't um, wait for it to leave. Long yeah, distance I, is brutal, man. Nah. I was a... Uh, that was back in the day, like, you know, but still. Oof. Yeah. I, like, I, I did a loyal... Uh, we did 16 months total. What for an adult? That's not that long. I okay, feel like. but like for someone my age, in your early 20s, yeah, that's, sure. a, that's, that's a long, long time. time. Sure, for sure. Chunk, you know what I mean? Um, I think we did like maybe like a third of that long distance, and it, maybe a little bit more too. Mm. But uh, yeah, just kind of. I did. Like, I did 16 months all long distance. Wow! Wow! The whole time was like you guys distance. met in person, or you Shot met long distance? Type we of. we met in person in college, and then like we. Over COVID, like I slid her DMs. Yeah, I'm good, you know. Yeah, so yeah, like, it worked enough. out, and then like Gucci we met Karan. up in person. Ooh. You go Gucci Quran. I love that. That was the funniest, bro. That was hilarious, bro. Um, but yeah, no, like we 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 were together for 16 months. The entire time was long distance, and like she would Damn. come to Chicago, or I'd go visit her and stuff Ooh. like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it. I mean, it didn't work. So, Jeez, I you're giving me a boner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry, guys. Was that too much? No, that's okay. <laughs> it wasn't enough, honestly. Sorry. I'm, I mean, I'm trying. I'm working. I'm in a brand new relationship right now. We're Ooh. about to. We're about to hit a little uh, long distance action. Oh wait, are you allowed to drop names out here? Is it, probably, I, probably not. Is it? Oh, okay. Is it like no, a short, short term long distance or like? You're not, yeah, you it's gotta, a short term long distance. See, wow. if there's a definitive end to it. Yeah, yeah, it, starts, yeah. it gets a focus. You could be like, I. Right, it's like training camp. I can focus. It's like fair enough. I can focus on this because I know there's light at the end of the tunnel. J five have all your videos laid out. There on you the go. Schedule. There you go. You get a good, you know, phone sex schedule going yeah, on. Yeah, You're yeah. gonna be fine. Wow. I never but if you just that. like, you never did phone sex. No phone talking. 
Oh no, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. <laughs> I can't. Go, I'm a comedian, right? I can't take it serious enough. That's why I'm a comedian and not a musician. I can't maintain that that long that's of eye funny. contact. Oh my god! You know what I mean? And be serious. Do you guys, serious. I mean, I feel like laughing during sex as a comedian has to be normal. It has to be. I feel so bad, but I'm, I'm like, bro, this is funny. We're making. She laughs a lot. <laughs> She was laughing a lot. Was, I didn't do much laughing, but she was cracking up. You, you said, call me daddy. She said, <laughs> wait, what? She goes, you want me to call my daddy? Right <laughs> uh, firefighter. Call me Papi Grande. But that's fair. I feel like we just, we can't take things seriously like that. It's cannot. Like, you're trying to have a passionate moment. It's like, I've. I, do you think it comes, I have a theory that I feel like all comedians okay, let me hear it. are super. Because I, I have one too. Let all comedians what? Uh, deep down. All comedians are just super insecure. Yeah, definitely. Do you feel like the inability to hold on to a passionate moment like that just comes from an insecurity place? It's definitely, definitely, absolutely what it is. Because oh, yeah. my reflex, my reflex. When did you develop your comedy reflex? I developed mine. I grew up as a military kid and it was always moving around like every four years or mm-hmm. whatnot. So I probably had something natural. But at the same time, I was like, oh, man, I got to make new friends. All over again. You yeah. know what I mean? So it was like, all right, boom. Just being funny, that's a good icebreaker, and keep it moving. And that's probably where it came in. I was just insecure just being the new guy all the time. Same. For me, it was, it was college. It was like when I first came into college. And I didn't and know, girls, of course. I didn't know anybody. And so the only thing is like I, I dabbled in comedy in high school, and that's the only thing I could hold on to. Mm. So that was like my icebreaker, and every single, every single thing that I did was like, oh, I did this like comedy, I did like speech and debate type thing in, in high school. And right, so... Right. I would just use that every class, every friend group, every social gathering. And so mm. I thought, oh, he's the funny guy. Cool. He's the funny guy. And when you're the funny guy, you can just be the funny guy. You don't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody cares about your thoughts and feelings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets you by a lot of you stuff. Just slide, you know. And you still get to mingle with the the cool kids group. If yeah. you're the funny guy, you're you you're we'll the funny guy around. with the jocks. You're the funny guy with the chess team. You're a funny guy with whoever. Everybody loves the funny guy. Nobody everybody cares about the funny guy, guy, but everybody loves the yeah. funny guy. What about what about you, surf surfboard Jim? Surfboard gym. I, like I don't that. know. It just came. <laughs> That's a new one. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you like, grew up in a funny household. Yeah, like, was your I mom mean, funny? Yeah, think about that. Where did the comedy reflex? That's the question, right? The comedy. Yeah, yeah, comedy yeah. Um, yeah. Like, my mom is really funny, and so is my sister, and so is my dad. Uh. Like, they're all actually very funny people. So, like, I always had to, like, be, like, I, w- I remember as a kid, like, trying to get the laugh at the table. It's like, mm. they were always making people laugh, and I'd be, like, hey. <laughs> and then I'd say something, and then I'd bomb. But, um, but then I started, like, I feel like getting a little funnier, like, just kind of, like, trying to make my family laugh. And then I got to, like, fourth or fifth grade, and I was, like, why? Like, why is everyone growing up? Why is everyone mm. looking older? Right? Mm. Why, are, why are these guys have beards or whatever? I was like, why do they look like men? And I was like this. I was like the runt. Yeah, yeah. Very small little boy I was my senior year of high school. <laughs> but like, mm. No, it went up like it went for a while. And then I was like, OK, so I'm not the manliest guy. Around. Nah. Like, definitely. I'm not going to be the priority pick. Right. Pick my and lane. So I was like, all right, I'm going to be the funny one then. I can't be. That's. I think that's where if you can't be the hot one, you be the funny one. Okay. Is it, did you have? A, did you have a glow up, Josh? Did you have a glow up in high school? From high school to now? I, I don't know. I I grew up though. Like I mean, like if you see a photo, 
I don't have my ID. Dude, I feel like this haircut is your glow. Like, I feel like yeah. you walked in here looking. You remember when he was rocking a Technicolor train yeah, coat? But he was rocking guy, it, like, rocking the gla- it. Just the glasses and everything. He walked in here, and I was like, man, this guy looks successful. This guy yeah, looks yeah, like yeah. opening up for, what's his name, on June 25th. That's what it looks like, bro. <laughs> no, definitely. But, um, no, it's, um, uh, oh, no. Uh, where'd, my, where'd my thought go? Oh, my gosh. I was just asking you if you had a glow up. Yeah. Oh, oh, you were talking know, about in high school no, being the run up. of the litter. I looked like a kid. Like, I looked like a kid. Until like halfway through freshman year of college, mm. like when I was like a senior in high school, I looked like I could have been a freshman mm. in high school, maybe wow. an eighth grader. Like I looked like a child, so like the whole time, <laughs> the yeah. whole time I never really. I guess like like I said, freshman year of college is when I started like, oh, I'm becoming an adult. Mm. My face is pulling back. <laughs> Although he did answer a question from earlier, like he said he used to bomb at the dinner table constantly, so that's why he sold out the living room and didn't book his parents or there his you sister. Go. That's why he didn't put anybody else <laughs> he on, didn't bro. Book anybody? Yeah, he said, "F you, y'all don't, want, y'all don't think I'm funny? I just rented out the whole living room. So, how about that? I need you guys to be gone between six and eight on Saturday." Mom, could you make some sandwiches? Cut them in triangles. <laughs> But you guys are both from funny households? Uh, yeah. No, no not really. Not even a little. Not I mean, my dad's a little, little bit funny, one. but like my, my brother and sister, they're not funny at all. Oh, that's, that's a bummer. Yeah, my, my folks my folks have their funny. My pop was in the military, so he was gone like half the time. So it was kind of like a my mom's best friend vibe oh. a lot of the time when I was growing up. Like she'd sneak me into the bar she worked at and whatnot. So I'd just be around funny people all the time, and oh. her side of the family's funny. So, you know. Nice. Yeah, the, especially like because now I go home and everyone's still trying to be the funniest person in the room. Like, yeah, I'll be with them and like my sister will get like a big laugh at the table. We're talking about the dude; it's a big spot, but um, yeah, big deal spot. But she'll get a laugh at the table and she'll be like, "How's that, Mister Comedian?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like, "Okay, all right." I love being from a funny family. <laughs> you're from uh, you wait. You're from strict, stern, very strict, very strict family. Yeah, classic. Uh. You know, like. It's always just school, school, school. We always eat dinner together at the dinner table. It's just like everything very structured. Mm. You're not allowed to really go out with friends very often. Like every time if I saw my friends, it was like an event. It had to be like a birthday party or something. Like it was, you know, kind of like a social permission slip in order to be able to do anything. So it was very, very structured. structured. Growing up, did that turn a lot of people away from the culture? When you were growing up? Oh, yeah. You had a lot of a lot of rejects of the culture that just were like... Like, as soon as they could, they just bounced and was like, I'm on my own. Yeah, they were like, I'm, I'm going to go do the, my own thing, you know? Like, my, my brother, to an extent, went through that. Like, mm. you, you see it. Um, and I don't blame him, man. I'm lucky to be the, the baby, right? Because it's like... I think uh-huh. the reason I'm so close to the culture and so close to the religion is just because my parents were tired by the time it got to me, right? <laughs> so they were like... They were no longer on my head about this stuff. They're like, just don't die. You know, just like, yeah, make sure yeah. you just come home. And so I had that freedom to kind of still figure out myself without being too tied, and I was able to stay with the culture and stuff. But mm. I, I noticed a lot of the older people in my community, like they they struggled with it. Mm. Hell yeah, man! Oh, Josh, um, we're gonna go find you some flaming hots. So, uh, an Italian beef, fantastic, bro. You you look like a million bucks. I do want to say, I do want to say, man. Like, I'm happy that I was able to do this podcast with you two because I feel like you two really embody, individually embody what I love about Chicago comedy. Josh, like, so young, but also, man, like, you always are putting people on. You're always giving people spots. You're, you're like, you're he genuinely loves this stuff, man. You genuinely love it, and, you, and, you, and you're good for the community. And Mike, my brother, do the same thing with you, man. You guys are good yeah. for the community. So, you know, I it was an honor to share 
share the podcast. Man, with likewise, too, man. likewise, man. Please, uh, before we get up out of here, Josh, let the people know how they can find you. Give them your socials. Ooh. Let them know what you got going on in the city, sir. All right, well, here and abroad. Uh, you can find everything you need about me at um, uh, Josh Ocean Thomas on uh, Instagram. I got all my dates right there. Come see a show. Send me a message. I'll get you in. And then uh, soon to be jotcomedy.com. Um, and a good tax lawyer if you're out <laughs> there. Oh, God. Give him a ring. He's going to need you. <laughs> he needs your help <laughs> immediately. Need you. need a lawyer and some <laughs> immediately. money. Immediately. <laughs> Zay, my brother, if you could, let the people know uh, how they can find you, your socials, what you got going on in the city. Pump your show. Yeah, absolutely. So follow me on Instagram and TikTok at zay.fozy. Uh, I post all my, my show information on, at, um, on Instagram. Also, give my comedy group a follow at Terminal 5 Comedy on Instagram. Um, you know, we're, we got some stuff cooking. Um, so hopefully. Is it we'll... too early to talk about, uh, talk about the production that uh, uh, Eunice and uh, Rami's got going on? Or? Which one? Uh, ain't they they out there shooting a movie or something like that? We, 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 we shot a movie. We got, we got a movie that we shot. Um, it's, it's called Makluba. One of our friends from Tampa wrote it, directed it, flew out to Chicago, and we, we did it. Um, What's, what service is going to be on? Are you guys figuring that out still? We're still figuring it out. We're going to do a premiere in Chicago. We're going to do a premiere in Tampa. The premiere in Chicago Dope. is going to be a, a music show, comedy show, and then we'll debut the film at that time too. Dope. Again, follow Zay.Fozy. I will post all the information when I have it. We're still yeah. kind of figuring out the details, but we got a few things cooking on Terminal 5 Comedy as well, and another show's brewing, so... Um, give us a follow there. Oh, yeah, that's fire. Once again, with the Real Rap Podcast, I am Mike Knight. Make sure you follow me at Mike Knight Comedy on all the things. This is a weekly show. Make sure you follow my guys right here. And then also, please, man, make sure you like, share, subscribe to the content so we can keep bringing you more of this Real Rap Podcast. Mike Knight, I'm out. Peace. Yeah. Mike, Mike, Podcast, 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 podcast.